cult cinema catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy Buckingham and Andrew Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs. Welcome to uh, the first month of our Clint Howard tribute. If you haven't listened to the episode where we gush about the Wraith, go go check it out. Uh, this is Andy's pick for the first month, and you've picked the most mainstream thing we've done on this show so far. Tell our listeners. I mean, what we're yes watching. and no. I mean, A, it's become mainstream, right? It was it didn't start as mainstream, especially not in season one. And yeah. B, we've done we did uh, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. That was mainstream. <laughs> we did a lifetime movie called Riding the Bus of My Sister that everyone watched. And yeah, they but, shouldn't have. <laughs> but the thing is, is the difference between those two and what we're doing this episode is people actually still discuss like this thing and like yeah, it that's true over 50 that's years true. later <laughs> that's true and i wanted to do so my th- my thing is we're going to be watching full ass clint howard movies for the next three months mm-hmm. um i wanted to, to give us some some i don't want us to get uh, uh saturated with clint howard so i, I wanted to do some little smaller impactful Clint Howard stuff that maybe a lot of shows don't talk about in the way that we usually do. So my first choice was the first thing I remember Clint Howard ever being in. I don't think it was, it might've been the first thing Clint Howard was in because he was a baby. Um, he was very young. Um, and that is um, the Corbomite maneuver episode 10 of season one of Star Trek. Um, because while yes, it is mainstream. I will, I will acknowledge that. It's also real weird, dude. I remember being a kid. <laughs> Star Trek, though. That, those early episodes were real weird. Um, but I remember watching this as a kid being like, this is super weird. Like, why does that Clint Howard-looking baby have a man's voice? And why is it wearing that weird hat? Like, it's going to be – it's weird. And I and when is the last time you've seen this episode of Star Trek? It's been a while, and the weird thing is, is I, 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 for those who don't know, I am a giant Star Trek fan. I'm definitely, you know, a, a Star Trek Trekkie Trekker or whatever, whatever you want to fight over what you're supposed to be. Um, but I've got like this giant ass 50th anniversary box set of the original show with all six of the original films and the animated series all on Blu-ray. It's been a while since I've seen this episode, to be quite honest with you. But I, I remember it distinctively because um, I, I remember that ending just coming out of nowhere and like, wait, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's but that's my thing. It's like I also think it sets a certain tone for Clint Howard's career mm-hmm. um, because Clint Howard has never been afraid of taking the weird part. Nope. He's never been mainstream with Clint Howard. He left that shit to his brother. Yeah, and we'll and we're going to see that for sure in our next couple of months as we as we yeah. get deeper with the cray cray that is uh, some of his roles. So I wanted to make sure that you know we acknowledged kind of where it began. Like like is this the impetus of the Clint Howard that we've come to know and love? Is it you know him doing this weird part? Like who le- he obviously didn't sign up to do it himself. 
you know, any more than, than Ron signed up to, to play Opie Cunningham on uh, the Andy Griffith show. So somebody said, yeah, Clint, yeah, yeah, let's let Clint be a man baby on this weird TV show that's, you know, uh, th- yeah, it's its first season. We don't know if it's popular or not, but why not? Like, let's let him do this thing. Sure, there's a salt vampire, whatever. Um, so <laughs> that's why I chose this. And I'm going to try to go outside of the, the bounds of what we're usually doing. And I honestly don't know what we're doing for the second thing now. Um, <laughs> once once we watch, once we get everything squared away, I'll figure something out. It's just See, I'm, Clint Howard's body of work. I, See, I honestly thought when you said television, I thought we were going to do an episode of Gentle Ben or, or like one of the episodes of the Andy Griffith show he was on or something. But then then you announced this. And I'm like, Star Trek, really? We're doing that mainstream of subject? So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you just you, when you go and look at both his filmography for both film and television, I mean, his his. His very, very first ever acting role was in the movie of The Courtship of Eddie's Father, where he was uncredited as one of the party guests. But the thing that also blows me away with this with this this guy is he was the original voice of Rue in Walt Disney's Winnie the Pooh shorts. Really? Yeah, and then when it got turned into the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, when you hear Rue talk, that's Clint Howard. So <laughs> Well, I did not know that. Um, so you, so the next time you watch Winnie the Pooh, or even if you watch Disney's animated The Jungle Book and Colonel Hottie's Little Child Elephant, that's Clint <laughs> Howard too. So he goes way back. He, he's been in your life longer than you guys realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but my, this is, I think this is a lot of people's first um, exposure to Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. And, and what a was Star way Trek, to be the Colton Light maneuver. As a you know, as an actor, when you see his, when you see him, I think mm-hmm. this is it. I think it's important to look at that. And it's not um, even his voice. That's the thing. That's one of the oddest things is about it is 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 for those who have not seen the episode, he's lip syncing, and you could definitely tell that the voiceover is not Clint Howard. Uh, because the voice that is talking and coming out of Clint Howard's voice is 50 years older, at least, than Clint Howard. <laughs> it's like a bizarre Morgan Minion yeah. thing going on, is it's what it is. Very weird. I, I, it's it's very strange the way that um the way that they do it, and you know, I mean, it's obviously it's Star Trek. It's going to be a little strange, mm-hmm. but it's you know, it's very surreal. Yeah, so. and I, I'm I'm interested to watch it again because it has been a little while since it I has. have um, since I've watched this episode of this um, of this show. So I'm really curious to see how it holds up. And knowing everything that we know about Clint now, like if it speaks to the whatever craziness you know he was involved in there um, there later in his career. Yeah, that's we see. It's so weird looking at his career. Yeah, I was like, gonna say, just watch this episode and you watch this little kid and think to yourself, he's about to command an army of fire pigs while evoking <laughs> Satan when he gets right. older. Right, but then, but then, you know, like if you look at his career, like he's he was in, 
so he let's talk let's look at it from like like rock and roll high school yeah like he was a night shift he was a cocoon he was a gung-ho he was in the wraith he was in the rocketeer he was in silent night deadly night four (laughs) and five and five he was in the austin powers movies he was in tango and cash yeah, he was in Body Chemistry 2. He was in every TV show you have ever seen. He was in Apollo 13, and he even did a parody of his character from Apollo 13 in the Austin Powers movies. Yeah. Uh, he was in Solo, a Star Wars story. I mean, he, was in, he was in Fist of the North Star, then Ice Cream Man. <laughs> then Apollo 13. <laughs> then a movie. <laughs> was he in Willow? I mean, because it seems like he's in, like, every Ron Howard movie. His brother always puts him in there. Was well, he? It, yeah, it's that, it's that Ted Raimi thing. If you're, you gotta, you gotta include him. But, and then, so he went from Apollo 13 to, uh, what was Apollo 13? It was 95. 96, he was in Barbed Wire. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo, he was in Apollo 13. He was in Backdraft. He, 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 he. <laughs> Just, he was he, he was in he, that thing you do. He was he in that doesn't thing have that do. career where it's like you do a bunch of like uh, like really well regarded things and then fall off or start doing you know cult things and then get and then get popular and, mm-hmm. and go on to do like that thing you do. No, he just takes it. He just pinballs from I mean, these things. I mean, he helped, um, he played a character in Little Nicky named Nipples. <laughs> After barb, after that thing you did, he did barbed wire, and then he did humanoid, humanoid, humanoids from the deep. Then he did Austin Powers. Yeah, and the Water Boy, and Ed TV, and the Cat in a Hat, and the Grinch Stole Christmas, and God, what the River's End, um, Fun it, with like, Dick and Jane, Curious George, How to Eat Fried Worms. Uh, he was even in Rob Zombie's Halloween for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he is the man works. All right. Yes. The man works. And I think he just really enjoys doing schlock cinema. Like he was in three from hell. <laughs> he, <laughs> After solo. He's like, yeah, I just did solo. I just did a, a Disney. I could probably do Disney Star Wars shit for the rest of my career now because, you know, I'm Clint Howard. No, I want to do three from hell. <laughs> Yeah, he followed up solo with Three from Hell and then uh, the documentary Fuck You All, the Yui Bowl story. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He's also in, um, by the way, and I don't know if you know this or not, but he's in Pam and Tommy. He's in Pam and Tommy. Wow. He's in Pam and Tommy. (laughs) Wow. I love it. Of course he is. Why why would he? He makes me so happy. Like, it just, just, I can't, like... He's, I know that he has a, a famous brother, right? We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both started acting at basically the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were both child actors. I mean, they were both on the Andy Griffith show together, so. Right. And I, the, the choices that he has made with his career, in comparison to the choices his brother has made. Yeah, his brothers so went on to become the Academy Award winning director, you know, from for, you know, and, and, and making some of the biggest films in Hollywood. And Clint Howard's like, I'm just going to have fun. Right. And that's what I money. love so much about the man is you could tell 
in the movies that he's doing, he's having fun. He's having he so much fun. Loves the hell out of what he's doing at mm-hmm. all times. And I, this show revolves around people like that. Mm-hmm. Like we love, you know, stories and actors, directors, anybody who just is just having a blast doing mm-hmm. what they're doing. And and Clint does in everything. And I think he has a blast in Star Trek too. If you watch it, he's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird as hell, but he's having a good time. Oh yeah. Are oh, we ready? To, are we ready? To yeah. This episode. Yeah, let's watch this thing. Alrighty, we'll be right back with our thoughts on the Corbinite, um, the Corbinite theory. No, the Corbinite <laughs> maneuver from season one of Star Trek. Outnumbered. Must be a mile in diameter. Outmaneuver. And out of options. Your ship must be destroyed. The captain will risk the Enterprise and her crew. Death has little meaning to us. Attack us now. In a deadly game of chance. Poker, Mr. Spock. You know the game? More power. She'll blow soon. Lost faces. Fire. Star Trek. Earth vessels have had incorporated into them a substance known as corbomite. It is a material and a device which prevents attack on us. If any destructive energy touches our vessel, a reverse reaction of equal strength is created, destroying the attacker. Comply with my demands or we will open fire. Let me tell you why that is a terrible idea. We've recently installed a crazy new deflector that'll bounce back anything you throw at us. So you're basically shooting yourself in the face. We've just wrapped up watching Star Trek, um, the Corbinite Maneuver. We have, yes. And uh, was this your first time ever watching classic Star oh. Trek in 4K? <laughs> um, in 4K, yeah, yeah, it was in 4. It was it was my first time watching it like um, upscaled. Yeah, right. Like, like I'm used to watching it like on a. A 28 inch CRT TV when I was a kid. So this was a little different, you know? That very first shot of it flying in space, uh, it was jarring enough. <laughs> the Enterprise flying in space. I was like, wait, it shouldn't look this clean. What the heck? <laughs> I, and this is like the point of the show, right? We've talked about this. Like, I much prefer watching YouTube rips of VHS or TV from the time period than watching anything that was made during that time period upscaled because it loses some of that nostalgia. The way you're supposed to watch it, they weren't filming for that then. So, like, you can see everything. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. It was just so weird seeing it in um, this type of a, you know, clean... I, I know, I remember when they enhanced everything and cleaned everything up and everything, but even then, you know, we didn't have... No, the not like this. ...television technology we have today... Yeah. And I mean, um, things that immediately jumped out at me were <laughs> Spock's makeup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't realize he had that much eyeshadow going on. I mean, they all were they they all were dolled up. This was. <laughs> <laughs> they, this was they, they walked fresh off of the set of cabaret to do this episode yeah of Star Trek 
Yeah, because he had uh, like I can't, I like I commented it to you. I said he's you know coming up next on the runway on RuPaul's Drag Race. Cause the, <laughs> right. I he honestly looked like one of your old aunties or great aunties that you only see once or twice a year, and she comes basically to judge your Thanksgiving dinner. And you don't want to hug her too hard because you're gonna get that makeup on your shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've been there. So so I noticed that um, <laughs> William Shatner had a massive oily T-zone. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to, like, grab one of those oil blotting tissues and do that to him. But I wanted to do that more to Uhura because I don't know who did her makeup on the show, <laughs> but she was shiny. Well, I don't think they had to worry about shiny back then. <laughs> I mean, the way that they were filming, I guarantee you Shatner goes back now and watches those things on, on his giant 100-inch, you know, 8K TV that he has in his house. He's like, oh, fuck these guys. So why did they, do, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, why did they have to make me look like this? I mean, the only one who really looked somewhat normal was sulu um i I don't need it mm -hmm. beautiful (laughs) and then yeoman ran i forgot that she had you know the nancy sinatra hairdo Uh and the and the nancy sinatra go-go boots i forgot that that's how they dressed her (laughs) up on the show i was like oh my god hundreds of years in the future Go-go boots. The the Federation <laughs> is going to adopt as a uniform the cover of the Boots Are Made For Walking album, so just know that. <laughs> and um, what were some other things? Oh, uh, DeForest Kelly looked all right. I mean, he looked fine, and so did Scotty. They they But those were like the immediate looks that just jumped out jarringly at me the the sure. enterprise bridge itself looked great oh yeah stored um and um the different voice coming out of clint howard's body no god <laughs> oh still god. uncomfortable we, first of all if we're gonna get into story we need to talk about that bitch bailey all right <laughs> I was kind of saving for him, but yeah, let's go this ahead and talk bitch, about that bitch this Bailey. This bitch Bailey. Can we just have a moment to really dig into this guy? <laughs> it's like I messaged you while watching it. It's like, no wonder they got check off. <laughs> there is a scene in this in this episode where Kurt turns and and I want to I I want to isolate it so bad. Bailey says something about just blowing him up um, when they're talking about trying to get around this um, this uh, marshmallow from Lucky Charms thing that's floating in front of him. <laughs> the cube, yes. <laughs> the cube, the cube. Um, apparently, they just they couldn't keep it in focus uh, at all. Um, yeah, the the spinning cubert cube floating around space. But uh, Bailey says something. Kirk's like back is to to Bailey, and Bailey says something blowing him up. And Kirk turns on him like, "You bitch!" Like I will. He's taking out earrings, taking off his little little jaunty boots. He's gonna he's gonna go. He's gonna. 
Like, and keep in mind, this was after we had this extreme shirtless Shatner shot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which you know was just put in there for pure ego. It's like, oh, okay, sure. okay, so he's gonna make his 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 screen debut for this episode, sweaty and shirtless, so that we you know he could give something for the ladies. It's to yeah. the point where I think uh, I think Scotty had to tell uh, Kirk to fix his face. <laughs> he was going. He was gonna go after that bitch, and that guy was a bitch the whole episode. He spent oh, forty what? minutes being a bitch until the very end. Well, yeah, because they found a way to finally dump his ass. At well, yeah, the they dumped him on baby man Clint Howard. <laughs> Gonna live in the, he's going to live in the jungle room for the rest of his days. <laughs> I swear at one point, it's almost like he said, you know what? The way that he just like exploded when he wanted to, you know, blow the, the ship up. The <laughs> He he was like, this is going to be my Kurt Douglas moment. And just went into total Kurt Douglas mode. And I was like, okay, Spartacus, simmer down. <laughs> Dick Cheney watched that and said, I got an idea. <laughs> I know what I want to do with my life now. And just like, Kirk just like bitch slapped him verbally of like yeah. he's just like like I relieve you. And then all of a sudden the music's like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Super dramatic at that point. Yeah. Somebody was getting voted off the island and his bitch ass name was Bailey. Um, <laughs> that was my, my main so- takeaway from this entire episode is Bailey's a bitch. That was like <laughs> it for me. And then Again, God bless the 4K restoration of this. When when Bailey found out that he's being dumped onto Clint Howard, and it's like when he asked him if he could handle it, he gives this you know shitting grin. The problem is, <laughs> it's obvious that in the 23rd century, Bailey doesn't practice dental hygiene. Sure, they didn't have veneers. They moved past the need for veneers. <laughs> I, I mean, his teeth was as yellow as theater popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> that literally, when that happened, I literally reached back into my chair like, ah! When I Bailey saw is the monkey's paw Harrison Ford. Um, he <laughs> was probably a carpenter on the set. And they're like, we need somebody for this episode. He's like, put a costume on me. I can do it. And then they were like, no, you can't, man. It's sorry. Funny story, actually, that you mentioned that I was uh, sent a little excerpt from um, uh, from not Mackenzie Phillips, but the other girl from the Mom and the Papas. Um, not Mama Cass. Not Mama Cass, but Mackenzie Phillips's mom uh, from the Mom and the Papas. And um, she talks about when she saw Star Wars for the very first time. And she said that she had absolutely no idea that Harrison Ford was an actor. So she's watching the movie, and suddenly Harrison Ford appears on the screen, and she nudges, uh, she's she nudges her friend next to her and goes, "Oh my God, that's the guy who sold me the weed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that could have been three days ago. <laughs> Harrison Ford probably is out there pushing weight. You know, come on. <laughs> so is Bailey. You know that's what he's doing, also. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey is um, is severe sub to Clint Howard's dom uh, somewhere on a space uh, connects. Um, 
<laughs> one of those things that you expand and contract. The thing that killed me is, is is when they bring him in. I after we're done with the radioactive cube that they destroy, right? And suddenly the what I was calling the IKEA lamp appears yeah. in front of them, uh, which was very jarring looking restored as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we see you know the puppet. Which, oh, yeah, yeah, Baylock puppet. The Baylock puppet, which, honestly, I never knew the mouth moved. I don't remember the mouth moving, so... You probably didn't see it. Yeah, so... death, yeah. Because I remember, you know, the picture kind of mooring like that, and so then when, with this restoration, we see the mouth moving with the head moving back and forth. I was like, oh, my God, it talks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, yeah, and... uh and Kirk being Kirk with that like with 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 the suaveness that he delivers the Corbinite maneuver, just like I was just like, that's Kirk. This is this is a classic Kirk moment when he's just like playing, as he says, playing poker. Yeah. Um and you know, fortunately it worked. But then we find out that, you know, they've been been played this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This is just a, a test out of boredom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can tell you, we've watched some of the most unsettling shit I've ever been exposed to in my entire life doing this podcast. <laughs> and, I, and I take that as a badge of pride at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anything more settling than Clint Howard opening his mouth and that old man laugh coming out of it. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't think any. That restored it for. That is it. That is the height of disturbing. Sit down, relax, enjoy a refreshing beverage. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like he's it's like it's like a Jim Carrey character out of nowhere. <laughs> In his pleasure palace, which I was like, when they arrived on his ship, I'm like, oh, they're in Genie's bottle from My Dream of Genie. Right. And I love the fact that the Baylock puppet's just sitting there. <laughs> like, it just, like it just hangs out. You know, yeah, it's, it's not in front of a camera somewhere or like in a control room. No, it's just sitting there, keeping him company. It's just sitting there, and then Baylock is like, I'm over here, and he's lounging yeah. in, like, this Austin Powers bedroom. You know, you, you, you expect him to be on a spinning round bed he's or something. He's in there like Eartha Damn Kit, <laughs> just <laughs> languishing I, in, la- in luxury in there. I would really love to know what Clint Howard his thoughts of, I mean, I mean, not only, I mean, I don't know if he was too young to know, you know, exactly what was going on back then, but I would love to know his thoughts of looking at that today and seeing him as this young kid done up in all of the robbery that he's done up. Yes. Yes. Lounging around in this, you know, psychedelic 60s soiree bedroom offering cocktails and a tour of the ship. I want to know how he feels as an adult looking at this. If we ever get to question him, like in a in a Q and A session, uh, that is the question I want more than any other question. <laughs> how long do they spend on your hair 
in your 80s movies? I, that's a question I would like to ask, too. Um, but that more than anything. Like, can you please regale us with your recollections of the Corbinite Maneuver? What was it like being a five-year-old pimp on Star Trek? <laughs> right. What was it like being the uh, five-year-old version of John Reese Davies? <laughs> my name is Huggy Bear. Welcome to my love lair. Oh, uh, you you throw me the whip, and I'll throw you the idol this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was it was fun to watch this movie. oh yeah it was i mean it, 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 and like i said it, it had been a while since i watched any classic star trek so i'm very curious to go now and take a look at other episodes restored in 4k to see if they're just as jarring this is um, a wild episode like oh, this, this, there are there are episodes of star trek that are wild episodes some of them are pretty normal, and some of them are funny, like um, the Tribbles episode. Not so much wild, but but enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Mud's, they're, they're, Wim- Mud's Women is a fun one, also. Yeah, you know, this is this is one of the ones that's just wild. Like, not a lot happens in this episode, but it's all like, you know, it, it's it's a it's definitely like a bottle episode. <laughs> With Clint Howard as an old man baby. I love it when they transport onto the ship. They have to squat. They have to squat immediately. <laughs> like, how did they know to squat when they were I want to know how Scotty knew that, too, because he told them, you're going to need to crouch. And I'm like, how do you yeah. know? The ceilings are a little low. Like, how do you know that, Scotty? What kind of technology are you not sharing? <laughs> Uh, the other thing that I loved is when the ship was um, basically uh, <laughs> the 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 towing sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it was making basically rocking the ship back and forth, <laughs> and the poor people standing in the hall just being rattled to death. I'm just like, get out of the damn hall. Well, in like. Battleships, even now, they have battle stations. You call it out when something's happening, and you have to go strap yourself in so you don't get a concussion by falling over if something were to happen. And you're telling me the the Federation doesn't have such protocols? Apparently not, because, I mean, they they kept cutting to the same group in the hall being flung back and forth on the wall. And I'm like, get out of the hall. Just get out of the hall. It's not worth it. Whatever you're doing in the hall can wait. Give me more of this. This is why I signed up for the Federation. Hit me on the head, Space Daddy. <laughs> give me more. Give me more Clint Howard bang bang on my face face. <laughs> and I love the fact that with everything that was going on, McCoy was like, I'm going to be a bitch here. And <laughs> confront Kirk with his decisions is like okay kirk i understand that right now we are facing imminent doom and we're trying to outsmart this demon but i'm gonna have to report you for the way that you act i'm like what a bitch (laughs) this is a bitchy episode of star trek (laughs) Uh, i mean i just you just need grandpa simpson going oh bitch 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 at one point so, I mean, even Spock has some real Lucille Bluth uh, Arrested Development lines about poker. <laughs> it's just a bitchy episode. 
<laughs> I can imagine this was one of the scripts that Lucille Ball read and said, needs nor bitching. <laughs> there isn't enough bitching in this. <laughs> one day they're going to make a movie on something called Amazon about me, and I want them to say I have wanted more bitching. <laughs> As she's swigging from her straight, her straight scotch. More bitching. More bitching. More bitching. Give me Deborah Messing. I need more bitching. <laughs> it is weird to see her name come up, though. It really is. I mean, I keep forgetting that <coughs> yeah. it hadn't been for Desilu Productions that this would have been non-existent. So it's still jarring to see Lucille Ball's name attached to Star Trek. It really is. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, man. All that talking of bitching got me worked up. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I can't stress enough how if you are, even if you aren't a sci-fi fan, like it's just Star Trek is just so integral to everything. Mm -hmm. Every trope, everything is is included in this. And, you know, you should go back and watch some of these episodes because they're just so much fun. Oh, yeah. There's so it, I mean it's it I mean there's still some great stories out there from mm-hmm. this show, but at the same time, you also got these incredibly campy kitschy moments, and this episode is an example of that. And this was just a first season episode. Yeah. There, th- I mean when it got to the third season when things were starting to derail for the show, <laughs> I mean, we 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 got like the orphan kids with the with the 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 the, the devil seek, you know whatever the hell he was. And you know the space hippies yeah. and all sorts of stuff, you know. I this is such a campy show now and it just adds another fun layer to the classic star trek for me yeah yeah and i'm glad we got to do one with clint howard in it oh yeah he really did steal the show like it is it is like i said it's a bottle episode up until the point where you hear clint howard laughing an old man's voice and you're like what the hell is happening right now <laughs> and then it just goes off the rails oh because yeah because they're fine with it here's the other thing <laughs> they, they have been tortured for a long time by this entity, by Balok. First, mm. it was the cube that wouldn't leave him alone. Then it was the towing. Then it was the, okay, well, we got to do the right thing and return this back to the mothership. So let's return it back to the mothership. Then they, you know, it's just, they've been tortured by this thing, expecting... A, a, a vast alien presence because it was able to manhandle them so easily, right? Not knowing mm-hmm. what to expect, but we're going. Phaser's drawn. We're bringing the doctor. We're bringing, you know, Bailey's bitch ass with us. We're going. Away team, away. And they get there, and it's just baby Clint Howard with an old man's voice, and they're fine with it. Yeah. Kurt's just like, cool. So I'm going to sit down right here. I'm going to have some of your weird juice that came out of the wall. And... I'm going to hear you talk about your shit and then I'm going to leave my crew member with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it. It's fine. Yeah, you it's know. A, Khan's conceptually wild. Like we're not going to vet you. We don't need you to join the United Fe- you know like like we're not going to make sure that you're okay. Here's Bailey and his teeth. Go have fun. Um <laughs> I'm going back to my ship and bone and out. Maybe we'll see you. maybe we won't bye. Like what? <laughs> we are the same we 
we we care about our shit. What, what did he say? Like we um we have a lot in common about. We have we, a lot in common, you and I. We both have great love for our shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, how do you know that? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not the only thing Kirk has a great love for, little right. guy. Uh, which, which I loved how they kind of like, no pun intended, skirted around that with Yeoman Rand in this episode when he was like. God, why do they have to give me a female yeoman? And I'm just like, mm, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is this going to become bigoted or sexist or maybe both? And maybe both. Is maybe both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to happen. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, watch this thing. Best, basically, McCoy, in such a polite way, tells him, keep it in your pants. <laughs> All right, yeah, everybody needs to watch this. That's it. That's the end of that. You need to watch Baby Clint Howard. If you have Paramount Plus, uh, every episode is available in 4K on Paramount Plus. Um, and I'm, you, I'm sure you, you can rent it anywhere as well, but I'm not too sure any place else has it in 4K. Uh, uh, 4K. Um, not in 4K, but there's a lot of places you can yeah. watch it. Uh, but trust me, you're going to want to see this in 4K. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> it makes the weirdness even more weirder. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. I can't, I can't request enough. I can't just, I can't tell you enough just to go watch this thing. It's, it's not a lot of time and it's just a lot of fun to just sit down and watch an old episode of Star Trek every once in a while. It doesn't even have to be this one, but I'm glad it was. Yeah. So this was your first pick for our our mini Clint Howard marathon. So what is your second oh, pick? Damn it. I had it and then I lost it. So you're gonna have to vamp for me until I get there. Well, what no I problem. wanted to do, if we could find it, was that uh, the boy who predicted earthquakes. Yeah, and I, I found out that I mean that was an episode of uh, of Night Gallery. Right. And yeah, right now Kino owns all the rights to Night Gallery, so there's absolutely no way we could do that online there. No, no, and I, I really wanted to do that one. Um, so we've done the we we're we're doing the Wraith. Mm-hmm. We've done an episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so my question for you is, how big a part do we need Clint Howard to have to watch a, a Clint Howard movie? Or, or something with Flint Howard in it. Good question. I mean, because I mean, we're doing some of the essentials. We've, I mean, we've done Evil Speak already. Oh yeah. And we've done the Wraith. And we got a couple of other ones that are coming up that are known to be Clint Howard vehicles. So I, I mean, it it depends. I mean, what what are you looking at? So there's a movie that I really enjoyed. It has Clint Howard in it. Um, it's not a huge Clint Howard part, but it is a Clint Howard. And I'm trying. And what I didn't do before the show, because I'm not a professional, is <laughs> check to see if you can stream it anywhere. So I'm looking to see if I, if you can. Um, that I, I that I that I very much enjoy. Um, oh, let me see. Uh, 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 uh. let's see if not i guess you can think of a backup there in the meantime yeah do something in the meantime my dude (laughs) in the meantime this is a good time to let the listeners know about um the streaming service trauma now 
okay. which if you are not a part of or even aware of this, let me let let me let you know this. Um, and there's good reason as to why I'm bringing this up. Uh, so Troma now is Troma Pictures' very own streaming service. For those who are wondering, who are a fan of films like The Toxic Avenger and whatnot, and wanting to know, are they available on a streaming service somewhere? They are. Lloyd Kaufman has launched Troma Now, uh, which literally has the entire Troma catalog available at your fingertips. It's available for your iPhone, your iTV, Android TV, Roku, Fire TV. It is uh, for the first 30 days free. You get a 30-day trial to see if you like it. And then if you do like it, you can either pay $4.99 a month for the service or if you want a full year service, only $50 for a full year. And it is of all the best prints that are available right now of all the films. So if there's anything that he's re- he's restored, like he just recently um, did, released a restored version of Surf Nazis Must Die on Blu-ray. So that's available on there. And it's not just the movies. It's also any shorts that have been made for Troma. Um, the documentary Go Make Your Own Damn Movie, which is this epic four-hour documentary about uh, Lloyd Kaufman, is on there. And in a little thing that is that makes me go, uh, when I saw it was on there, The Toxic Crusaders, every episode. The cartoon? Of, of the cartoon series, The Toxic Aww. Crusaders is on there as well. So uh, I can't recommend Troma now enough to sign up for it um, online. It's uh, watch.troma.com. Uh, the best thing about it is it's not only the place where you can go and sign up for the Troma Now app, but you can also buy, if you're into the NFTs, you can buy Troma NFTs on, <laughs> on Troma Now as well. So you can follow the link so that way you can go buy yourself an NFT version of Toxie. Okay. I just had to go through a bunch of them because all of the <laughs> movies I want to watch with Clint Howard that I want us to watch are not streaming anywhere. Of course. So two of the ones that were that I tried to were Carnosaur. I'm surprised that one's not streaming anymore. It's not. It's not. Or barbed wire. Oh God. <laughs> but one is. Okay. And it's one that I remember fondly. Clint doesn't have a huge part, but you, um, you're going to cover the huge parts, the the huge Clint Howard ones. Yeah. Mine are just little aperitifs. <laughs> But we're going to go back to a well that we've been to before. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> the smaller part for our friend Clint, not so small, not as small as Corbomite Maneuver. Um, we're going to go back to uh, 2003. Okay. We're going to do our first video game movie. Okay. One directed by you a bowl. Oh, God. Called House of the Dead. <laughs> We're doing okay. I was wondering if we were ever going to do House of the Dead. We're doing House of the Dead for Clint Howard Month, ladies and gentlemen. Can we hear? Okay, thank you. I hear Hunter clapping somewhere for us. Oh my God, House of the Dead. House okay. of the Dead, baby. House of the Dead. I. So, this is one that's been on my list to do since this show started. This honestly, when when we decided that we were going to do a Yui Bowl movie, I honestly thought this was the one we were going to go with. So it was House of the Dead. So if there wasn't a four-hour version <laughs> of In the Name of the King, a dungeon siege story that had more Jason Statham, more Burt Reynolds, 
<laughs> More Johnny's Davies. More Ray yes, Liotta it, vamping. It would have been. It would have been House of the Dead. But now we get to redeem ourselves for an hour and 30 minutes and maybe 10 minutes of screen time by Clint. I think <laughs> if I remember right. Of House of the Dead, my friend. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Are you? I don't know if you remember. I don't think I don't. I'm never ready for a Yui Bowl movie. Are you kidding? <laughs> you always think you are. That's why I love Yui Bowl movies. Every one of them that I've ever watched, Blood Rain included. Um, <laughs> where I'm like, I'm ready for this, and then you're not because you're three and a half hours in, and Matthew Lillard is jammed up your ass, and you don't know how to get him out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, with going to Texas Frightmare Weekend, if I meet Matthew Lillard, he's probably not going to want to talk about that movie. So hey, I... listen, if Matthew Lillard was jammed up my ass, I just let him stay. <laughs> he seems like I like I said before, he seems super nice. I'm just going to let him be there. If he likes it there, who am I to say where he can go? I don't know. I just get the sense that it's like, so in the name of the king, security, get this asshole out of here. So when you were playing Shaggy and Scooby-Doo in the name of the king, how did you feel about it? You have to get in there. You have to work You have to work the, you confuse him a little bit. So when, so when you were in Scream and you were wearing that ghost face mask, what were your honest opinions about working with Yui Bull? Right, right, right. Exactly. So 13 Ghosts was a great movie, Matt. Um, when you were in that with Tony Shalhoub, did Burt Reynolds touch you? In any way that you felt was unprofessional. How drunk were you on set for real? <laughs> While filming SLC Punk. <laughs> Did Lily Sobieski ever tell you about how she was sucker kicked by a bare dressed Nicolas Cage? <laughs> <laughs> now, I know we're doing Clint Howard month this year. Next year might have to be Lillard We Fest. might have to do Matthew Lillard, yeah. We might, we might need Lillard Fest 2023. <laughs> I'm, sure he'll, I'm sure he's here for it. That's so. like, I like that name because it's like Lillard Fest. <laughs> that, that's officially where we're going to call it then. Next, so, so here we go. Our next festival is going to be Lillard Fest. Lillard Fest. I, I'm going to yes. totally tag him in that too because I want to see you, his reaction. You need to tag him and the Cocteau Twins. <laughs> Can we can we wrap this up? Because I think we still need to like go watch the Wraith. Yes. <laughs> All right, gang. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, so next month we're going to be visiting Yui Bowl again with uh, Clint Howard being featured in House of the Dead, um, which I think <laughs> is the only video game film adaptation ever made that actually uses real footage from the it, video game. It's awful. Yeah. It's so <laughs> <laughs> and we it's like 16-bit graphics too. We we can't afford special effects, so just throw in game shots of the game. Yui Bowl was punching a kangaroo high on coke and was like, you know what? <laughs> can you get me a video game so I can fight it? No. Okay. Well, then just put it in the movie. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, gang, until next month, uh, we will return with month two of Clint Howard Fest, which is not as catchy as, as uh, Lillard Fair. Uh, <laughs> but um, we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>